The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back, folks. Me and Jacob Infante are back to talk to you guys about the interior D-line. My name is Quentin Crisco. Find me on Twitter at Stats. You can find Jacob on Twitter at Jacob Infante24. Um, we're going to talk about interior defenders in the NFL draft here. We've already given you guys 10, 10 of these interior defenders. So if you didn't catch that, make sure to go back and listen. But we're going to give you guys what eight more here today that we're looking at. think might might fit on the Bears. So we'll just go ahead and jump in. First up here. We have Dante Stills out of West Virginia. So Dante, he played some four tech, some four eyes, some three tech, some five tech, and some six tech. So he's a bit of a tweener, I think, like 207, I think 280 pounds is what he weighed in at. And I just, I really liked his hand fighting more than anything on his film, his hand fighting and his, uh, some of his lateral quickness and explosiveness off the ball was really impressive to me. Um, and you could see it in his, his combine. He was, I mean, he, he was a tweener in his combine 286, 4.85, 40 yard dash. I mean, um, so you're going to deal with, with him that, that question of like, can he play defensive end? Can he play three tech? Like it kind of goes in and out. I think he's probably a three tech if you're going to put him anywhere. Like if, yeah. If, you, if you're not going to use him in a versatile way, he's a three-tech in my mind. Just because he he was really good at shooting the, shooting those gaps, getting into him, using his hands to, to get free through the gap and to just create chaos in the backfield. What did you see, Jacob? I agree with a lot of that. I, I have him as a three-tech also. Uh, he's someone that probably you're looking at like fifth, sixth round probably just because, you know, he's, he is undersized, you know, sub 290 for a defensive tackle, uh, but also very athletic. And, you know, he's the brother of Darius Stills, who got signed by the Raiders as an undrafted free agent a while back. Uh, the explosiveness stands out, flexibility, the ability to wiggle himself through gaps and, you know, create some backfield penetration is definitely impressive. Uh because he's a lighter interior defensive lineman, there can be some issues with, uh, you know, holding his gaps and, you know, eating up those holes in the run game. Uh, and I do think he can, is, he can work on his hand usage a little bit more still, but I think 
from a pure disruptive perspective, from what he brings from an athleticism perspective, uh, there's definitely a lot to like there. So I think he'll get drafted. It's just a matter of how early do you want to draft uh, someone who's, you know, an undersized defensive lineman. And it's not like his film's not as good as like a Kalijah Kansi. He's not a as polished of a defensive tackle, but it's still the same. He's smaller, but he's quick. And it's just a matter of how you value that, in my opinion. But I think yeah. he's going to get drafted. It'll just be on day three. Yeah, I think uh, he's a he's a plays a lot of special teams too. Yeah. So I think that's his like his lock to get drafted. Um, that and his dad played in the league. He played his dad Gary Stills played linebacker in the NFL. So yeah. I think that that usually helps guys. Um, next up here, we're going to Matt Eberflus's alma mater. University of Toledo to talk about Dewan Johnson. He played some five tech, some three tech, some two tech, some one tech, and even some seven tech there. He is a really interesting prospect, I thought. He uh, just playing all over the line, had a bunch of athletic traits that I really liked on film. Pretty raw, pretty upright player, but when he when everything was working together, I thought he put together some really impressive reps. I think that he needs a lot of coaching still to get to where he needs to go because right now he really just looked like a bull rush athlete. And that was about that was his arsenal. I'm more athletic than you and I can bull rush. That you know that that's a lot of guys' arsenal at this level. Yeah. But a lot of guys don't have the athletic traits that he does to dominate, especially not in the Mac. So that's that's always kind of tough with this to weigh like and he's going up against Mac opponents. But when I watch his a game against Ohio State, he was still very disruptive. What yeah. do you think, Jacob? No, I agree. And with Dewan Johnson, you're looking at another guy who's uh an undersized defensive lineman, but I think you, know, you see quite a bit of talent, especially from a three tech alignment. Uh the explosiveness, you know, off the ball, I think is very good. He finished with a total of, uh, you know, he had, in his final two years, he had 10 sacks and 29 tackles for a loss, which uh, not just to be a stat sheet scout or whatever, but, you know, it does help when you've seen, okay, this guy can produce at the collegiate level. Uh, once he gets out into space, you know, I think that's where he really shines compared to other defensive linemen in this class. Uh He's a high motor guy. He's got very good agility. And I think that helps him out on stunts a lot. I think he's one of the type of guys that you can have him bounce outside to the offensive tackle and he'll still be a threat to generate pressure there. Uh, I think he gets pushed around a bit in the run game. He's someone I'm a little bit lower on than stills just because, you know, he's even smaller and he's a, a group of five prospect as opposed to a power five prospect. But he's someone I think like, Round six, round seven. I think he should get drafted, certainly. I think, you know, he's got the athleticism and the want to to succeed at the next level. It's just going to be a matter of can he overcome the lack of significant bulk and, you know, so-so size, which I think he can to be a solid rotational defender, but I don't think the ceiling is high enough to the point where I'd take him much higher than day three. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think he's such a developmental guy where you're just, just straight up betting on traits. Like, I mean, I, I know sometimes people say that about first round guys, but like 
late round guys you can really see like you are just betting on traits sometimes and I think he's one of those guys ultimately whether he's drafted or not I think comes down to the interview process you know I mean he's got to convince someone that he's worth taking that bet on um next up here we have some of the most fun film I've watched this year is Moro Jomo out of Texas and this is a guy who just He's just chaos sometimes. Like, I love watching him. He, he's he's explosive. He's fast. He's a little undersized at 292 pounds. He's got long arms, 34 and a half inch arms. And he uses them. Like, he, he gets right into the defender. He rips. He pulls. He throws his arms around violently. Like, he is chaos in the middle of the line of scrimmage, which is just yeah. fun to watch. He uh, – does get blown up in the run sometimes, you know, he's not going to hold up against double teams at, you know, 290 pounds. He's, he's strong, put up 29 bench reps with 34 and a half inch arms. That, yeah. that tells me something, but his lower body, I think probably needs a little more mass to hold up to against the run like that. But I think he's going to get there. Like, I mean, this is, we're almost talking about a Moby Okoye here. This guy went to college at 16 years old. He's been at UT for five years. He's 21 now, yeah. and he's about to go to the NFL. So he's not like Okoye came out with 19 years old. It was you know that was even like more ridiculous than yeah. than Ajomo like, here. Yeah, where it's like, oh, here's this 12 year old entering the league. This is absurd. Yeah, like Omobi Okoye is probably still like 25 or something. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I thought. I was I was young and stupid, and I thought, why? How could you pass an Amobi Okoye? He's like eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, I think that's an interesting comp for him. Uh, for a Jomo, I his frame is just so interesting to me because he's shorter. You know, he's about like six two and a half, round up to six three, two ninety two, which isn't small. But you know, he started off the year he was listed at two eighty one, so he's you know, he's done a good job of adding some weight to his frame and he's got really long arms and the quickness off the ball is impressive. I think you can line him as far inside as a one tech or, you know, maybe a true nose. Uh, You can have him as a true defensive end as a five tech with his hand in the dirt, three tech, uh, two eye, exactly as a two tech, wherever you want to put him. Uh, I just think he's a guy who plays hard. He's, you know, quick in a vacuum uh, I agree. He's going to have to add some more power in his lower half. I think his anchor's a bit thin at this point. So he's someone like around, like round five, I think is fair for him. Uh, just because I don't think he's got insane upside, and I don't know how much more weight he can handle on his frame without it sacrificing his speed and conditioning. Uh, just from a you know a height perspective, but. There's stuff to what there's stuff to work with here, and I think that his tapes, like you said, a lot of fun. And speaking of a guy whose tape is a lot of fun, I want to bring up uh, a Florida guy here. Let's talk about Gervon Dexter. And again, I should know this. It's always the pronunciations that mess with me. I don't. Uh, know it's Gervon. Jervon, okay. I've, I've got the uh, phonetic spelling in our draft guide here. It's Jervon. Oh. I found it on Florida's okay. website. Yeah. His nickname gonna... is the Gorilla. Ooh, all right. And that's a, that's a pretty badass nickname if I do say so myself. But 
Yeah. Uh, Jervon, now that I finally know how to pronounce his name this late into the process, uh, tall guy. You're looking at 6'6", 310. Not super long arms, but, you know, they're long enough that, you know, especially against offensive guards and centers and stuff like that, I don't think it's going to be that much of an issue. He's an explosive guy. He's a very good athlete. And even if his 10-yard split was an elite at the combine, I see someone who, you know, accelerates well off the line of scrimmage. I think that, at least in my opinion, I think his best value comes as a one tech on passing downs and uh, he can play three tech and he's a, he can be effective there, but I kind of like him even farther inside. Uh, I think he's got that initial burst in the ability to uh, penetrate the a gap and, you know, solid agility for a guy his size. And again, another high motor player. I know I, I feel like I've said that a thousand times, but it's a lot. Another guy, he, he just plays hard and, I think he can do a better job of using his hands, but I, I see someone that like mid to late, like round three, I think is fair for him. Uh, if he falls into day three at all, I think that's a steal, but I think the th- like mid to late third, I think that's probably good value for him. So what do you think? I love him. I yeah. think he is the ideal four, three, no stackle. Like yeah. when I watched his tape, that was what I saw. The ideal four three nose tackle who can, you know, he could get away with being a three tech if you have to shift the line. But also like he can hold up to double teams. He has so much power. Like he is so dang strong. And he's tall. He plays tall. Yeah. He, his arms are a little short. Guys are gonna get into his chest some. In college, it didn't matter. You know, like I watched this tape and I I, I was sitting here going like, man, I could knock him for all this. But like, it doesn't matter right now. Will it matter in the NFL? That's the big question, because like, will he he's going to be he's going to play tall. Like when you're six, six, it's going to be hard to get that to get any natural leverage. And because of his short arms, he's going to get stood up. more. But can he if he can keep holding the ground the way he did in college, like it, it would just anchoring down and saying like, you might have me upright, but you ain't moving me. Like I, yeah, I love him. You know, I mean, at that point, he's he's just a massive rock you can't move. Like, and I mean, it's it's not like he's he's your prototypical nose tackle, but I think he's going to be really effective in a four down a four man front, playing yeah. that type of one tech role, like you said, um, especially on passing downs. Like he uh, on some double teams, he might get washed a little, but. I, I still trust him in running downs to as long as you have some other guys who are solid against the run around him, I think he's still going to be pretty dang good. Um, still has to develop, you know, I mean, he needs to get with the right coaching staff. Who's gonna, gonna teach him, force him to do the right things to, to get better, to, to work his hands more, to get that knee bend, even if he's still tall to, you know, yeah. to, to get off the ball quickly. Like there are, I think it, I think part of it was he played a ton of snaps at Florida last year and even going before that, like, I think he was probably gassed at times, Yeah, but like he would, he did not get off the ball well. And when you're as explosive as he is, you should be getting off the ball well, you know, like you should be maxing that out. Um, So really, I mean, the, the best way I can sum it up at the end of the day is, 
I thought he was the motor that made Florida's defense go. And I think he has Chicago Bear written all over him. I certainly wouldn't complain, honestly. I think it's a lot to like with him. But what round are you thinking on him? Because I mean, I've got him round three, but I'm a little curious where you have him ended up. I've got him mid second now, I believe. Okay. Um, and I don't think that's where he's going to go because he, I think he's a nose tackle. You know, I think he's a four da- a, 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 an even front nose tackle, which is just not valued the same way as other defensive tackles are. Like yeah. in our in the system that we got here, his position value is the same as a three tech, which just isn't right you know like I, so I, I think probably late second is where i would ultimately say i think he belongs but right now the grade is mid-second okay you know i can get behind that i think if he goes round two i certainly wouldn't hate that at all uh yeah I think that's pretty fair value for him uh there's someone i want to talk about again here and that's uh it seems like ohio state has done a really good job of just defensive linemen in general, whether that's edge rushers or interior defensive linemen, uh, every year they're producing at least someone. Uh, this year, one of their guys is Teron Vincent out of, you know, being a D tackle out of Ohio State and not the biggest guy out there. You know, he got listed. I have him down as 6'2", 295. Uh, I have to go back and double check to see if he measured officially because he didn't measure. He wasn't at the combine. Uh He's he's another one of those guys. He's a bit smaller, but he's quick off the ball. Uh, I like him best as a three tech. I think his burst uh, gives him a little bit of an advantage when he's lined up uh, just a tad bit outside. Like I don't like him directly over the center, but I think that because of a lack of top notch length, uh, it can be a little bit difficult for him in like a five tech kind of role. But not only does he have good burst off the ball, but I also think he's got some good raw power. I think he, you know, packs a solid punch at the point of attack and he's shown some flashes of good uh, just jab placement. And it's just a matter of, okay, this isn't the lengthiest guy out there. His pad level is, is not tremendous. And I think that can, that can hurt, especially being a bit of a smaller defensive tackle when you don't have your weight underneath you, when you don't have proper weight distribution, that can affect how much power you generate. So I think Vincent's a bit of a later day three guy for me. Uh, I'm saying like round six, round seven, probably. Uh, I think he's someone, he definitely deserves a shot at the next level. And I think he's someone that uh, I think he'll make a roster, you know, right coming right out of school. Uh, But I just think that he's got he's a little bit of a work in progress. He's a little bit of a work in progress, but that's not the worst thing in the world, uh, especially when you're a quicker defensive lineman, someone who can rush the passers a three tech. Yeah, I, I think ultimately his measurements are going to matter a lot. To yeah, me. I mean, I, I see a guy who uses his hands well to disengage. He has some really nice core strength, like. Yeah. This guy's contact balance, there were times where I was laughing at the screen, like, how is he still standing and leaving those three guys on the ground? Like, he, he didn't make the play, but it was just like, how is he still standing? Yeah. <laughs> um, so there, I think there, there's there's value in that when you're looking at a three-tech who can, you know, just make some other guys look silly while they're trying to block them and can, can end up being the last guy standing to make a tackle. Um yeah. So that core strength is really what stood out to me. I thought he had some good, some good flexibility, some good bend that he 
that he played with. And he, he kept good knee bend throughout a lot of his reps too, which along with his natural leverage, I thought really benefited him. He just had some really good lift into blockers. Um, but I'm not sure if he can stop the run. Like I'm not sure if he can hold up against the run yeah. and whether his arm length is enough, whether his weight is enough is and, if he does bench press, I mean, I might factor that in a little just to see, you know, how he, whether his disengagement skills might will keep going at the NFL level or if it's going to be something he's just going to be chopping at wood and not getting anywhere. Um, but so I liked his tape. I'm skeptical about what his NFL production is going to look like, though, until I see the measurements. So, I mean, his tape, I thought, looks like a fourth round pick but his measurements could kick him down to a sixth or seventh if they're not where they need to be. Yeah. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Next up here. I got out of Wake Forest, Kobe Turner, Agent Zero, where's number or number zero at Wake? Um, three tech, two tech, four tech, six tech. Another guy who just played all over the defensive line and quick. He's he's quick. He's got some decent bend to him um, for an interior guy. And I thought he played with a great motor and another guy who I really liked his core strength, where it was like. How is he still standing sometimes? Um, But he was – there were some things like his stance just really stood out to me. It was just very inefficient. Like it it felt like all his weight was on the the balls of his feet, not enough on the front on his hands, and it impacted his get-off. He did – like you see his explosiveness at times in tape, but it's never off the snap that I really noticed it. So I think getting with the NFL coaching staff could help him iron that out, really max out his physical abilities and help him there. Um, I don't think he's a guy who's ever going to be able to two gap a little undersized for that. Um, And he was a part-time player at Wake. You know, he only really played, I think it was passing downs. Like I I know I watched plenty of plays where he was going against the run, but it seemed like he was coming in for third downs in red zone. That, that, that seemed to be kind of the trend that I noticed at least. Um, but what did you see, Jacob? Yeah, so it's been a little bit since I've watched Kobe Turner because I I have in my notes, I clearly forgot to update it. I says It says, through the first six games of the 2022 season, he's the highest graded interior defensive lineman in the Power Five at PFF. And 
that's through the first six games. I don't know what happened in the last second half. So it's, you know, been a little bit since I've watched him, but I do remember when I watched him, I saw someone who, like he was a three-year starter at Richmond before he made the transfer over to Wake Forest. And that's a, you know, a three-time all-conference guy there and a colonial uh, athletic association. He was a co-defensive player of the year in uh, 2021 before he transferred to Wake Forest. Uh, and I agree. I think the versatility up and down the defensive line, I think that's definitely encouraging. I feel like I, I'm worried that I'm <laughs> like repeating myself because this is another guy. Yeah. He's not all that big. Like at the Shrine Bowl, he measured at, you know, less than 290 pounds, 6'2", uh, 32 inch arms. So, you know, below average for from an arm length perspective, but quick, uh, you know, good athlete. I think, you know, I agree. He's got better buildup speed, but I think he's still got solid, you know, acceleration off the ball, especially once I think once he stops firing upright out of his stance, I think that's a little bit of an issue with him. Sometimes uh, I think that can improve his, just his first step acceleration, but I see active hands with him and I think he does a good job of generating pressure in the passing game. Uh, I think he's someone that I have like in that round six, round seven range. So I think he deserves a shot to get drafted most certainly. I think uh, in the group that we're really looking at today, like Reich's the the first group we we looked at more of the blue chip guys, right? The guys who it's like, these guys are going to be NFL players. And today's group outside Javon Dexter, like you're looking at a bunch of guys who are like very similar and you got to try to figure out which one is going to be the, like the one or two that succeed, you know? And that's like, you know, Dante Stills, Dewan Johnson, Moro Jomo, Teron Vincent, Kobe Turner, all very similar players. But it's like only one or two of them is going to really work out in the NFL and is trying to figure out which one that is. Um, but we got a guy who I skipped over on accident last time, which I don't know how I could forget him because he's one of my favorite watches from the Senior Bowl with Zach Pickens out of South Carolina. And so... Zach Pickens, he was he was one of the top recruits in the country coming out uh, coming into college, and like everyone in South Carolina was super stoked about getting him. And I think South Carolina fans will tell you like they've been, been a little disappointed in him because he he didn't really produce at the level that I think was expected there. But when it, when I look at the tape, I see a guy who's really talented and doing what he's asked to be doing. Like he's being asked to to two gap and to, to, to fill run lanes. And he's not being asked to do what his traits, I think would be his best role, which yeah. is one gap explosive up to the quarterback that, that three tech role of like, of what the bears kind of look for of just, just plow through that line and get and create, create havoc in the backfield. And when he's allowed to do that, I see a guy who is really good. And yeah. I don't, I don't have his measurements in front of me. I might in a minute, but uh, I thought he, he showed some really good length on film, really good explosion and really good torque through it, through his torso, through his core of like being able to maintain power when he's contorted, when he's twisted around and being able to, to use power when he's twisted like that, which is, you know, it's rare. Like I was, I was at the gym doing uh, something to try to, to, work my back the other day because yeah. 
30 something year old man i have back issues who would, who would have thought but um and i was like it was a like torso twist as i was doing it it was like going up it was like man i you know thinking through it while i'm thinking about like nfl draft stuff and like listening to a draft thing on my phone I'm like yeah i guess i guess that is all core strength isn't it when i'm like going up into the side like this like it's it, it makes sense that core yeah. strength is really plays when a lot of your job is getting that lift out of your stance and being, you know, not exactly square where you can just use your legs and you got to use your core. And that's something I think he has in tons, but um, he is not a huge run stuffer, but I think out of these guys, he's probably more capable of holding up against the run than the other guys that we've talked about besides Dexter. What do you think? Yeah. So I was thinking about, asking you like right before you jumped into Pickens uh because I saw that he was still like on our board uh that out of the non-Dravon Dexter guys who you thought was the most likely to have a lengthy NFL career and I was going to ask that and then you brought up Zach Pickens sorry no 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 you're good don't even worry about it uh and then now I'm like okay because Pickens is you know, as a higher grade for me than anybody not yeah. in that we've talked about today. I mean, I, I did pull up the measurements. You're looking at a guy just a hair under 6'4", 291. Uh, so not the heaviest guy, but also his long arms at 34 and 3 eighths inches. That's 85th percentile for uh, interior defensive linemen, which is very – it's impressive stuff. And – I agree. I mean, you could say he's a little bit of an underachiever in college, which that's why that plays into my grade with him a little bit. Uh, But I think the natural physical tools are there for him to succeed. I think, you know, explosive off the ball. Uh, I like him as a three tech, although I, you know, I saw some reps where they had him as a nose tackle. They had him like, you know, hovering over the center and he showed, you know, decent enough, uh, run stuffing ability. I think he's a you know, good enough two gapper. Uh, and you see someone, you know, in a vacuum, he's explosive in space. He's explosive. Uh, and I think that shows up, you know, if he's chasing down guys in space or if he's defending against outside zone, I think he does a good job of, you know, maintaining body control on the move. Uh, and I think he's got plenty of raw power too. And it's just a matter of, consistently getting the most out of the strength and speed that he has. Cause I think his pads are a bit high. Sometimes I think there are some times where doesn't always know what he's doing in terms of how to use his hands to create, uh, to shed blocks, but physical tools are definitely impressive. He's someone I'd take probably round four. Yeah. I think uh, I have a note here that where is it? Pass rush moves are lacking, but you can see he's trying to add to his toolbox. And I don't remember why I wrote that down, but there, I, I remember thinking like there was a play where it was like, it was something from game one to game two, where it was like he tried to do something and he couldn't, it, it just wasn't quite processing. Right. And the next game that I watched, he did it like, well, so it was like, he, he, he clearly that was something he added over the last year to his toolbox, which is something that, you know, I like to see that the guy's working at his craft, what like taking steps live on the tape that you're watching. Um, 
So yeah, I mean Pickens is a guy who I I, I like. I think I think I've got a, th- a third round grade on him. Yeah. Um, which sounds like I'm probably a little higher on all these guys, but uh, this is my first year doing this, so I'm I'm yeah, still no, figuring out how to adjust everything down to where it's not I love every player. <laughs> yeah. But out of the guys who who we talked about aside from Pickens and Dexter, who I think is most likely. It comes down to Stills or Ojobo for me. Yeah, I mean, I think both those guys are the ones who have the most to work with, the most that who are the most ready to get to the NFL. And yeah. I think Ojomo offers like I really like some of the upside that I think he offers. Um, yeah. I, I think a lot of analysts are pretty split on him, whether they think he's he offers much upside or they think he's just like it's just short of that. Yeah, where like it's just like he might max out just shy of being a high upside guy, um, but at the end of the day, I think I go with Stills, and this is corny as hell. But he won Special Teams Player of the Week a few years ago or last season when when he was a full time starter, he won Special Teams Player of the Week, and that tells me a lot about how much the guy is gonna do just to be on the football field. Yeah, and the NFL bloodline there between his dad and his brother, he knows what it takes to be in this league. So Stills is my bet. No, that's totally fair. Uh, Stills was a guy I had in mind. Uh, my, my pick was going to be a Jomo. And I, I don't have like a massive difference between Stills and Jomo. Uh, so, I, and I totally understand both trains of thought. I'm just thinking because the Jomo, it's got the disruption, you know, nice quick burst. I think, you know, low to the ground, uh, really long arms. So, but I don't know. It's an interesting group that we've talked about today, honestly, like yeah. a, lot of, a lot of day three guys, but definitely players that I could see, uh, you know, developing into having solid careers to the next level. I do think that, um, that disruptive chaotic nature that you see in Ojomo is not teachable. Yeah. I think that is th- that, ability to throw caution to the wind and just go what looks like certifiably insane is not like, like it's something Kalijah can't the same way where it's just, he's a hurricane, you know, yeah, like just ripping through stuff. I do not think that that is something that's teachable. That's even trainable. That that's just something you have or you don't. And that's that, that's something that really stands out to, to me with Ojomo that he has that just that pure chaos to his play that, only some guys have. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that sums it up very well. And it's kind of like, all right, he's a bit of a bull in a China shop, but he's got tools. And honestly, if I'm, this is just me, if I'm going to have a bull in a China shop, all things considered equal, like, you know, size, speed, strength, all that stuff. I'd rather have one uh, along the interior than off the edge. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, there's uh, there's less less stuff you're reading, less stuff you're being asked to really care about. I mean, your job is to be an agent of chaos, right? Like yeah. that's, that's a big part of it. Like the, obviously, there there are things you need to be cautious of. You need to protect run lanes, but like at the end of the day, if you're getting in the backfield, someone's going to keep paying you. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. There's one more guy. I know you mentioned you wanted oh. to bring this guy up. Yeah, we yeah. didn't have yeah. on our list. But right before, uh, right before we started filming, he's like, "Oh, is it cool if we add this guy?" And I was totally cool with that. 
Uh, Cameron, I forgot Young. about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I did too for a sec, but then I was like, oh, yeah, uh, I feel like there's something there. But yeah, uh, Cameron Young, defensive tackle out of Mississippi State. So he's someone I keep saying, oh, this guy's a three tech. This guy's a three tech in this group. I think he's a nose tackle. Uh, either just pure over the center or I like him as a one tech as well because he's got some quickness to his game. Uh, not like a hulking dude. He was listed at 6'3", 315, but measured at uh, a little bit over 6'3", and 304. So a little bit lighter than I was expecting, but, uh, you know, still ran. It matched the play, though, because when, yeah. when I thought he was like a nose tackle weight, I was like, why is this guy this ex- like he was just doing stuff athletically? I was like, if this guy's like pushing three twenty, this is really impressive. Yeah, yeah, no, one hundred percent. I think three hundred four is a better, uh, at least the way he played. I think that works well for him, and there's definitely a want to with him. I think he, you know, active hands at the point of attack. He's shown the ability to string together some moves, uh, both you know, stacking and shedding against the run and as a pass rusher. Uh, and like, like you said, you know, watching him on tape, he's a lot quicker than he has any right to be. So is he the biggest guy out there? No. Does he have elite pure size? Not necessarily, but he has 34 and a half inch arms. And I think that most of his issues, in my opinion, are coachable. I think pad level and uh, like bend in the knees. I think that can be coachable. I think that can be fixed working on his flexibility a little bit. Uh, maybe adding a tiny bit more weight into his anchor. But honestly, I think there's a lot to like with him. He's someone where I watched his tape and I came away thinking not a lot of people are talking about him, but I could, I definitely see him getting drafted on day three and having like a solid rotational uh, career at the next level. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's a guy who he, he's clearly got some upper body power, which plays with that length pretty well. And I think that's yeah. what allows his leverage to him to play kind of tall is because he's right into the pads and he's, he's locking out, you know, it's, he's strong. He's got those long arms. Um, I'd like to see him use those arms a little more, like aside from just on the chest and extending, I'd like to see him start to add some moves with them. Cause I think he didn't really have much pass rush moves. It was either he's making a play on a stunt or just bull rushing, yeah. um, which I thought he had some pretty capable, some pretty good capability on stunts because his lateral movement ability was more impressive than I expected for a guy his size. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I just love guys with good length. Like, I, I just think there's so much to work with when you have a guy who can get straight into the pads and has the upper body strength to do something about it. And I've got what I think a fourth round grade on him, which is probably. I mean, I think that's about – I think late fourth is probably where you're thinking about it because I think he's going to come in and contribute right away in a rotation. Okay. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely fair. Uh, I think that he's you know, a little bit of a work in progress as a technician, but powerful guy, quick guy. I do think he contributes in some way right away. Uh, and down the line I can see him you know, really developing and surpassing where he gets drafted. And yeah. – yeah, that's that's all we got for these interior defensive linemen. Uh, thank you all for watching. This was part two. Uh, feel free to check out part one as well. We've got a lot of other positional previews. It's a really good defensive tackle.
or just defensive line and edge rushers in general. I mean, we're, we've been talking about a lot of guys that we think could really uh, make an impact at the next level. Yeah. And we'll be uh, coming back to you guys sometime soon with uh, some more offensive linemen. I think we got what, nine more. Yeah. Nine more here that we're ready to talk about sometime in the near future. So keep on the lookout for that. Thanks for listening.